He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you as always. Glad to be here on a Wednesday, getting ready for the RBC Heritage coming up this week on the PGA Tour. A little bit of a master's hangover in the golf world. but still A little some- bit. A lot of a Masters hangover <laughs> in the golf world. There always is. Uh, but a pretty decent field at RBC. we got Morgan Hoffman making his comeback, which mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are excited about. He had his press conference yesterday. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to watch him play. And, obviously, a lot of people are rooting for him. He spent the last two weeks in Georgia prepping. So, yeah. I mean, Sam, hopefully he makes the cut. And who knows? I mean, I mean we, we, a, haven't, we haven't seen the guy in three years on the tour. So, what it's a, a total story. wild card. What a story. I, I want a 30 for 30 documentary or, you know, some movie about this. For him to, you know, go through all the things he went through – and then kind of as a last-ditch effort, you know, go down to where was it? Where did he go down to? Costa Rica, I Costa think. Costa Rica, yeah. And and basically, what, did he eat grapes and all that? <laughs> like He was eating grapes <laughs> he when he was eating- still living in Florida, like 800 a day. And then he went down to Costa Rica and did all the wellness stuff. Right, right. Taylor, do you remember in 2011, you and I went to the national championships and we watched him at Karsten whenever he was one of the top-ranked amateurs in the world. Absolutely. He was hitting bombs. I mean, he was on the fast track to success, and he kind of got dealt a raw hand, but he's making the best that he can out of it. So, I don't know, Taylor. Should, should we even have any expectations or just kind of cool that he's trying to give it a go? I think that it's just cool that he's even able to, to play golf or even in all honesty, just be a live guy. So, I mean, you know, we talk about all the time with guys having off-the-course issues, whether it be marital, being a parent, whatever it may be. I think this is the definition of it. I mean, just the uh, everything he's gone through since 2017 is truly remarkable. And, you know, we mentioned this before, guys. I mean, he was he was undoubtedly the number one, am- or number one junior player uh, in the world whenever he signed with OSU. So, I mean, this is a guy who – who, who knows how to play elite golf. And, you know, guys, if he's able to be somewhat healthy, I, I, I think he could have some sort of a, a more career on the PJ Tour, which is an absolute miracle compared to, you know, the, the golf uh, digest story that came out a few months ago or however long it was. I mean, just truly remarkable what we're seeing. I mean, I, I don't think there's any way that you can have any expectations for him this week. But what a cool story to be, guys, if he was able to make the cut and start this road back to recovery. Yeah, I mean, he's only 32 years old, so he definitely has time, uh, Colby, to make a run you yeah, know, so, and, and at least have a successful career. After yeah, it was, it was 2016. He was diagnosed with, let me see, uh, let me try to hooked on phonics this, this bad boy, <laughs> fascio-scapulohumeral muscular dystrophy, which is a genetic muscle disorder that leads to progressive muscle degeneration. He actually had planned on uh, making a return in March at the Honda Classic, but then in December, he got in a motorcycle accident, and he broke his shoulder and two ribs, so now he's had to rehab from that, but he did say yesterday that he's starting to get some muscles back in in his pecs, and that just feeling the muscles firing again has really given him a ton of hope, and and it's just been, uh, yeah, here's the quote, my pecs are coming back from the atrophy, which is huge and very, very exciting, I'm being subdued to the excitement of seeing muscle firing again right now, so yeah, every day is a success. Now, he's got three starts on his medical exemption. He needs to earn 238 FedEx Cup points before the end of the season to regain full PGA Tour status. That is a long shot, to say the least. It's it's not impossible. 238, what would that add up to uh, I as mean, far as finishes? It's 500 to a winner. What's the what's the degeneration from there on FedEx Cup points, Tyler? Do you know off the top of your head? I, I mean, look he, it up. he'd probably have to have a couple of top tens. <laughs> Taylor's on the Zoom. We're going to uh, we're going to pot Taylor down for just a second while he goes full robot on us down there in Chickasha. Let his internet uh, work itself out here in the next couple of couple of minutes. Um, yeah, two hundred thirty eight points. So I'm assuming that would be. I mean, obviously a win would do the trick. That would get him everything that he needs. But I mean, winning on the PGA Tour after not playing for three years and going through what he's gone through, I think that's pretty much uh, out of the realm of possibility. But you know, a couple of high finishes, and you just never know. Uh, let's try again. So, T Dub, start that over one time, and let's see how you sound this time. 
All right, we'll, we'll try to do a little bit better, get this robot out of me. So first place, regular turfing, you're going to get 500 points. Second, you're going to get 300. Third place, you're going to get 190. Fourth, you're going to get 135. Fifth, you're going to get 110. So, so yeah, guys, it's going to be – so if he has Ooh. three starts, he's going to have to average essentially eighth or better to, to do that. And that's, you know, whenever you have ties as well, it gets all added up and divided. So, I mean, yeah, the, it, for him to get 230-whatever points, three of them, guys, it's going to be quite a long shot, unfortunately. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. Al Davis, just win, baby. So hopefully Morgan Hoffman can get it done this week. Obviously rooting for him. Hopefully he goes out there and just grooves it down the fairway. You can groove it down the fairway when you have clean clubs because you've been using, using the Groove It Brush. Grooveitbrush.com, promo code 73rd hole. They've got these back in stock. They are shipping now. Don't miss out on it. Put a little water in it. You squirt it out on your club face. Rub it in there. Nice clean clubs all day long. Quite possibly the finest golf club cleaner ever made. Grooveitbrush.com, promo code 73rd hole for 10% off. So Morgan Hoffman, obviously, Wants to go out and win so that he can get his PGA Tour card. But there's another guy who wants to win. And Joe LaCava talked about it a little bit in an interview with Sports Illustrated. He, he had a couple of good quotes. Number one, he said he doesn't think Tiger's doing all this work to finish T20. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's not in Tiger's nature. Uh, he said he liked it that Tiger, you know, was cussing at his ball some this week and was getting frustrated. It didn't take long. He, he, right, it was ninth <laughs> hole on Thursday. Well, whenever. First hole. <laughs> oh, yeah, true, true. The ninth hole on Thursday was when they got the really good hot mic on the bleep off to yeah. the, uh, the approach shot that came up just short. But he had this to say. Uh, whenever he was asked about the PGA Championship next month and Tiger committing right after the Masters to play in the Open, but not to anything else. And here's what Joe LaCava said to Sports Illustrated. He said he had to be exhausted when he was talking to the media physically and mentally, so it's big that he committed to the Open. It couldn't have been that bad because he normally doesn't say stuff like that. He'll have a better sense in a few weeks, but he didn't say anything to me about the PGA. I think in the back of his mind, he'd like to be ready by July. Will he be ready in five weeks? I don't think he really knows, to be honest, but if the recovery goes well, I guess he'd like to give it a try. So it sounds like LaCava is kind of playing the waiting game like we all are. Now, I'm sure he gets a text before Tiger before the rest of us do. Right. A text from Tiger before the rest of us do. But, I mean, it, it kind of depends on how the recovery goes for Tiger, and I don't think anybody really knows. So, to again, me, kind of still feels like a wild card. Yeah, Colby, to me, this this statement sounds very calculated. I feel like Joey LaCava is just speaking, you know, for Tiger, and Tiger doesn't want to be tied down to anything right now. I, I think that he is keeping his options open as for as long as possible until the PGA, similar to what he did before the Masters. I, I, I really do think that he played in Augusta National, you know, to get some more reps in because I do think that he's not back yet, but he's getting there. And, and he needs those reps, but like I said, he's not going to go play TPC Potomac, and so I think that there's a good chance we see Tiger, but I think that the reason why he is kind of downplaying it right now is because he doesn't want to be tied down to it, and if his body isn't ready, he doesn't want to let people down, um, but it's hard for me to believe, just like I said before Augusta, that Tiger Woods, if even remotely healthy is going to give up an opportunity at a major on a course that he won, right? I mean, guys, I, I think that at the end of the day, something's going to have to have a setback for him to not play at Southern. I mean, I, I, I will say the thing working against his favors that uh, we're going to be up there. So uh, the fact that Tiger may not play, might be the only major all year he doesn't play, the one that, that we'll be at would probably be the only curse <laughs> working against us. But I would be utterly astonished at this point if Tiger ends up not playing, I think that we would have to have some sort of setback and it'd probably be something that we hear about. So, you know, and I will say this, if he doesn't play at the PGA, I mean, I don't, I don't think he'll play the U S open then if that's the case, but uh, you know, I, I think Brookline is still a good course for him to set up at and have a chance to play. So I, I don't know guys, I, I'm still sticking on the train where I was at. I think there's about a 95 to 98% chance that he plays at Southern. I'd be utterly shocked if he's not there. in that. T-Dub, I mean, you were speaking faster than I've ever heard you speak. <laughs> the, the Zoom call made Taylor Zoom. Dude, dude it, you started off like sounding like a robot, and then all of a sudden you kicked it into mock 
50. It's like your connection went from nothing to overdrive <laughs> in the blink of an eye. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast anyways, you're a golf degenerate because why would you be listening to the RBC podcast after Masters Week? Oh, yeah. We're leaving all of the – anytime you sound like a robot or anytime your connection speeds you up, we're leaving it all in. Yeah. This is the Masters Hangover pod, baby, so we're rocking and rolling. I probably Masters sound better than pod. I regularly do, so I mean, it, sounds, it works for me. You either sound uh, you either sound drunk like you're fixing like you're slurring your words, or you just you're talking like faster than I've ever heard anyone talk. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Great, great stuff. Uh, We've got the Western Intercollegiate going on. We've got an LPGA event firing up tonight in Hawaii. Jennifer Cupcho getting out there, coming off the first uh, win, first major championship of her career. So quite a bit going on in the golf world this week, actually. But this field at uh, at RBC Heritage is pretty good. I mean, you look. Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay, Cameron Smith is there. Uh, I thought Cameron Smith said some interesting stuff yesterday, uh, pardon me, this morning in his press conference. Whenever he talked about his off-season routine, he he said that, uh, you know, usually in the off-season, because the season is so long, he just takes a couple of months off, and he just wants to relax and rest. This year, he said he took a couple of weeks off, and then he got in the gym. And he started working on some longer stuff, longer irons, driver, giving himself more opportunities for birdie, some of these other things, and the dividends that that's paying off. And I think that this, his comments just really go to show these guys who are elite in the game of golf, it's a year-round process. It's not, you know, Cameron Smith taking two to three months off to just chill in between seasons and then coming out and being elite. No, it's no coincidence he's playing the best golf of his life because he spent the offseason getting his body and his game ready to do so. So I thought that Cameron Smith's comments this morning were very uh, very telling and very candid. Yeah, I agree. You know, there's a fine line there, though. We've seen guys like Tiger and DeChambeau take it a little bit too far, uh, in my opinion, but you know, it's always good, uh, you know, to get yourself in healthy shape, I would say, is a good way to put it. There's a fine line between healthy shape and doing craziness, like Tiger was doing with the Navy SEALs or what Bryson is doing. Um, I think that that can end up actually hurting your body in the long run, uh, especially when golfers are known for having long careers. I think that doing that stuff might just shorten it. But I totally agree with the, what Cam Smith said. And, and if you see these guys, they're either working out, they're, they're practicing. There's no off-season in golf. I mean, we talk about how short it is anyways just because of the wraparound schedule. Um, but these guys, T-Dub, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a full-time job even in the off-season nowadays. There's no, you know, just going out and, uh, and drinking with your buddies all off-season like it used to be back in the 60s. Yeah, I mean, now it's, you know, it's the classic, you know, if, if you don't if you don't get better in a day, you're losing ground because someone out there is gonna be work outworking you and getting better than you. And you know, it, it's such a it's such a conundrum, guys, because I believe it was Johnny Miller who said this, you know, there was one winter where he went up to the uh, cabins or whatever in the, the north and, and chopped some wood for some exercise and he came back and said he never swung the club the same again because he bulked up. So, you know, I, I think that it's in all honesty, guys, it's it's not even to me necessarily what you do. It's what you do depending on who you are, right? Because like Bryson for, for like uh, six months made speed training look like it was the best thing in the world. And we've seen guys like even Rory last year came out and admitted and he was like, yeah, you know, I've been chasing too much speed and that really wasn't working out. And I'm one of those people who, you know, I think Rory's swing looked better before he bulked up and got stronger. And, you know, I mean, I think we can even attest to that. He's gone eight years now without winning the major. And that's kind of during the stretch when he's gotten bigger. So, but there's also, like we mentioned with Cam Smith, I feel like that he's gotten stronger and that's been able to help his game. You know, I think he mentioned along the lines of, you know, with this shut club face at the top, him being stronger allows him to turn, turn through the ball better and not let the club face get too turned over at impact. So right. it's, it's definitely good for, for each person, but it's very, very particular that each individual person, guys, is able to figure out what's best for them and not take it too far over the edge like a Johnny Miller or Padraig Harrington even. That's not necessarily – working out but swing change you know you know things like that yeah and I think the biggest example of it was you know of not bulking up but losing weight and losing your golf swing is David Duvall I mean David Duvall used to be sneaky fat right and then he was playing great golf was number one in the world at one point and then he lost all the weight and and was never the same again I think there's a fine line there and golf is just a different sport in the fact that Yes, you do have to be healthy, and yes, you do obviously, 
you know, it helps in certain areas and it can really help, you know, in the short term, but you, you just have to be careful, you know, and, and, you know, losing 40 pounds or something like that, what David Duvall did, it totally changed his golf swing and he was never the same. I, I think that there's a finesse factor there in golf that might not be in other sports. Goldie. Yeah, I think you might be right on that. Uh, I want to switch gears, though, guys, because we've got what is some pretty substantial breaking news that just came out out of the college golf world, and it comes from Stillwater. Eugenio Chikara, uh, Eugenio Lopez Chikara has released a statement on Instagram. I'm just going to read it in its entirety. Uh, Eugenio Lopez Chikara says, When I came to Oklahoma State in 2020, I committed to play for the Cowboys through the 2023 season. As everybody knows, I am proud and happy to call OSU not only my team, but my family. Being ranked in the top five in the PG Tour University rankings with only a few tournaments to go obviously makes my decision to leave OSU very tempting. However, my coaches Alan Bratton and Donnie Dar have shown great belief in me and honoring my word to them and the program that has done so much for me is more important. I am convinced that an additional year of hard work in Stillwater will allow me to continue to grow academically and personally, which will only prepare me better for the PGA Tour and my professional career. That said, I look forward to teeing it up for the Pokes again next next season. Wow. I want to thank my family for fully supporting my decision as well as PGA Tour University for its efforts in helping future tour players go pokes. Signed, Eugenio Lopez Chikara. The deadline to pull out of PGA Tour U if you wanted to was this Friday. His name will no longer appear on the rankings going forward this season, which means that this season because PGA Tour U is a two-year running tally, this season will count as his junior season toward PGA Tour U. Next season will then add on to it, and next then next year he will go pro and hopefully still be at the top of the PGA Tour U rankings. But fairly shocking to see a guy like Eugenio yes. Chikara. I mean, this I'm I'm shocked to read this statement, and obviously huge news for Alan Bratton and Oklahoma State. Major news, and I think this might have to do with PGA Tour U in the fact that a guy like Austin Eckroat, Colby, he took his PGA Tour starts that he had and the sponsor's exemptions that he had and, you know, inst- instead of playing on the Corn Ferry Tour, but he wanted to be able to play in those PGA Tour events and he wasn't high enough up on the Corn Ferry list, right? And, and, and so basically PGA Tour U um, is somewhat you know, useless in the fact that it doesn't help you as far as the PGA Tour. It only helps you as far as the Corn Ferry Tour. And for a guy like Eckrode or, you know, Chikara, when they would turn pro, they would get all these, you know, PGA Tour exemptions. And then you're, like, out of luck as far as the Corn Ferry points. Do you think that has anything to do with it, T-Dub? I mean, I I think that with with the point system the way it is, I I don't – I think that it is differently advantageous because what was he third? I believe in the rankings, he was ahead of Logan McAllister, I believe. And so I think Pearson Cootie and I can't remember got to Texas A and M. I think were the only two ahead of him. So yeah, I think that could have a part to do with it. But you know, whenever Colby was first reading that statement with everything that happened with the uh, the two I women know. for OSU's uh, women's team, I, I thought, thought it was that, going the other way. Man, you know that. Yeah, I was like, man, this this is not sounding good. What in the world is going on up at Stillwater? But nevertheless. I think this is big news for the OSU men's golf team. I mean, we already talked about, guys, how deep they are, right? Because, I mean, they've got seven to ten guys who are just absolute world beaters. So, I mean, to, to know that Shakar is coming back to them next year, and I'm sure they've got some recruits coming out. I know they got at least two of them that I know of off the top of my head. So, I mean, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with guys like they are every year. But, uh, but yeah, pretty quite surprising. You know, I think any more, guys, the trend is for players to – to try to go pro too soon, right? I mean, I think PJ Tour U's made it to where guys are more likely to stay because you have to be a junior or senior to be eligible. But nevertheless, I think we are in a – this is different from what we're used to seeing in, in today's day and age. Guys usually try to get out there too early to try to be those absolute world beaters. And Chikara, you know, by the time he gets on the tour, guys, he's going to be a, a, a veteran in his rookie year. So, I mean, I think that's uh, – you know, that could propel him as well. So, yeah, definitely huge and pretty shocking news, guys. Yeah, the PGA Tour U rankings, I'm looking at them right now. Eugenio Lopez-Chakara currently sits in third. But the the significant thing, the gap from three to four in PGA Tour U is bigger than the gap from four to nine. 
So he had a massive lead over fourth. He was, I mean, I don't want to say locked in to top five, which gets you Corn Ferry through the end of the season, but he had a pretty big gap between two and three. So that's going to move Logan McAllister up to three, and it'll move Jacob Bridgman from Clemson into the top five. It'll also get Cole Hammer up into sixth, just outside the top five. Chris Goddard up, still down in 14th from the University of Oklahoma. So big news from Eugenio lopez Chicara coming back for another season. Dude, I mean, they're going to be so good. They're going to be so good next yeah. year. Like, I, mean, I mean, how much better is he going to be with another year under his belt? Uh, you would think. Yeah, I mean, but how much better can he get? I, I, the thing that I hope doesn't happen is he comes back for another year and, you know, kind of ha- goes into a little bit of a slump. Yeah, but, I mean, you would hope not. It's obviously, I, I don't know. We're just reacting to this live. Like, this this, yeah. this broke as we were recording. And, uh, yeah, and, and, I don't know. I'm just, I'm a little bit in shock, honestly. I just... I, I, I assumed he was going pro. Right. You're talking about PGA Tour U. I just assumed, yeah. And, and you know, I want to clarify one thing on, you know, PGA Tour U and Corn Ferry starts. Ekro could have taken his Corn Ferry starts, but he took his PGA Tour starts, and that caused him to be too low in the Corn Ferry points where he's now he's not getting in reshuffles and his, and his number's not high enough. What I'm saying is it, in PGA Tour U, they should, you know, make some, you know, I, I don't know how they would do it, right? But make some exception to where you get a certain amount of PGA Tour starts instead of Corn Ferry starts, right? Yeah, it's, you know, the system. We've talked a lot about the system and how it works and the points. Uh, again, but he, it is still relatively new. Basically, what I'm saying is Ekro was being penalized for playing in PGA right. Tour events right. instead of Corn Ferry events. Yeah, and they've, they've tweaked some of that, and I'm sure that they'll continue to make tweaks. But why don't we just stay on the breaking news train yeah. because it's popping off on a Wednesday while oh, we're really? recording. Sports Illustrated, 22 minutes ago, reports... Uh, Bryson DeChambeau to have surgery on fractured bone in left hand. So if you were hoping to watch him hit bombs at Southern Hills, uh, I hope you had another reason for showing up. There'll still be a lot of good golf to be played. Doesn't sound like Bryson's going to be there. And obviously he's been playing just awful, awful golf. Maybe, maybe he really wasn't letting on to how hurt he was. I mean, maybe not. Sur- hand surgery on a broken bone, that's significant. You don't know if they're going to have to put rods, screws, whatever in his hand. Um, so this is big news and a big decision for Bryson to basically forego with, a couple of months right in the heart of the season to have the surgery. My thing with Bryson, though, is like he didn't look hurt when he was hitting tennis balls and stuff like that at Augusta National. Like, it, yes, he obviously is hurt. But what I'm saying is it, it's always something with Bryson, it seems like, right? I don't know. If it's a broken bone... I, don't, I mean, it could be one of those things where he thought the timing was bad to get surgery, so he was going to tough it out, and then he realized he was going to miss every cut he played in, so then he decided to have the surgery. I don't know, Taylor. Bryson, surgery, left hand after trying to, to fight through it for a couple of months. What do you make of it? Yeah, I think that he was – it's clear that he wanted to try to play for Augusta. I, I think both of y'all are right, though. Sam's right in the, in the aspect of – you know, it always is something, something with, with Bryson, it seems like, and Colby's right in the aspect of I think that he did try to tough it out for a little bit, but then realized that he's just playing so shitty that it's not going to do him <laughs> any good. And I mean, guys, it's with, with the way that he played at Augusta National. I mean, he shot twelve over for for a regular part twenty two over for himself. So I mean, I, he's just nowhere close. And the last thing that you want to do, besides maybe a bad back, I would say, but whenever you have club head speed upwards of one hundred thirty miles an hour, the last thing you want to have is a bad bad hand, especially left hand, because that's where all your torque's coming in and hitting it. So you know, hopefully, just just for viewership purposes, even if you don't root for Bryson, I th- I still think it is pretty good for golf if he's able to be around and kind of be able to make a name and be there on some leaderboards. So hopefully, he's able. I don't know how long his recovery is going to be, guys, but hopefully, he is able to come back and uh, you know be a little bit more propelling because you know a lot of people don't realize, guys, he was really the catalyst for uh, for wanting to di- to dial the distance back. I mean, after he won Wingfoot, that's when all the talk kind of really started. So. Maybe those those talks will start to simmer down even more than they already have. But I would like to see uh, Bryson at some point, maybe maybe the start of twenty twenty three or so, come back and hopefully find some form. It's going to be interesting to see what he does in the future. Now, what if I told you guys that last year's PGA that maybe the two biggest names in the game of golf last year after the PGA were Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau? They might not be at Southern Hills now. Bryson has some great 
course history at Southern Hills. You know, I think he played really well. I, I think he might have even won the transmiss when it was out there at Southern Hills. Um, In 14? Know, I think he might have. Yeah, yeah, I think he won it, but it was the two rounds. I, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he won that tournament. So, uh, Bryson DeChambeau did not win the transmiss <laughs> in 2014. We've slept since then. A guy by the name of sure. Will, how do you pronounce this? Zale Torres? <laughs> Will Zalatoris. No, he won, Bryson won the year before that at the transmiss. Okay. I knew it was someone, it was Will Zalatoris got the victory after two rounds at Southern Hills. And who else did we look at? It was Scotty Scheffler, so, I names. think, finished like 20th. Some names, by the way, on this 2014 uh, Transmiss leaderboard. Will Zalatoris wins. Taylor Moore finished 7th. Uh, Max McGreevy was T8 alongside Michael Gellerman. Uh, <laughs> look who else we have here. We've got Scotty Scheffler finished T21. <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau at T28. Uh, yeah, some names. What, what Sand- I finish? Xander Schauffele, T36. What uh, I finish? Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. T52. <laughs> T52. There I am, guys. Let me find another big name here. You, you tied Sam Saunders. Okay. T52. Uh, who else do we have down here? Chase Hanna. <laughs> Hayden Wood was T52. Okay. Um, da, da, da. <laughs> Colton Staggs, a name a lot of people in Oklahoma. Tyson Reeder. Was yep. T-52? There were a lot of T-52s. A lot of big names tied for 52nd. <laughs> oh, wait. Hold that thought. Everybody, they stopped uh, They stopped doing the leaderboard at T-52. So, like, everybody from T-52 down is just listed at T-52. Like, a guy who shot 165 through two rounds is listed wait, at so T-52. Wait, so what did I actually finish? Uh, I you, finished four over for the tournament. You actually finished, looked like it would have been T-67-ish. Nice. Yeah, like T-67-ish. All right. So, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, not bad. So, <laughs> uh, all right. That was uh, much more action-packed of a segment than we thought. We had the Chikari breaking news. We had the DeChambeau breaking news. We're going to take a break. I broke news that DeChambeau won that transmiss. The 2014 transmiss, yeah. <laughs> Let's, uh, I thought he played good. It was the year before. I think he won it. I really do. Let's uh, let's take a break. Maybe I'm rocking out that one too. Take well, a now break. We have to look it up. We, have, we to have to look, it, look up. it up and see if he Did won he the win year, the year before. before that. Uh, he we'll, won in 2013, yeah. It okay. was in California. Okay, he okay. won in 2013. So, all right, we're going to take a break, clear our heads. We'll come back on the other side, preview the RBC <laughs> the Heritage. Masters hangover, guys. Stay with us. 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you. Follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole and Instagram 73rd hole. And head over to golfoklahoma.org. Keep up on everything happening in the game of golf in this state. Obviously, the Eugenio Chicar Lopez uh, news will make headlines on golfoklahoma.org. But Sam, you can also keep up with some of the other state schools who are playing some pretty good golf this time of year. Give us an update on uh, what's been happening in Oklahoma golf. Uh, Yeah, we'll lead it off with Swasu. Uh, their men's golf team finished second at the GAC Championship after uh, playing in a dramatic playoff with Henderson State. Uh, the Dogs and the Reddies were tied on the leaderboard after three rounds, and uh, the title had to be decided with additional golf. T-Dub, were you ever in a playoff, uh, a team playoff for a tournament? I was I was an individual the year that there was a, a team playoff for the team I was on. I tell you what, guys, that is the most helpless feeling of all time. I wouldn't wish, wish that on my worst enemy. That is the worst. <laughs> but I, it was exciting to watch. But at the same time, you just want to be out there and do it so bad. So, 
But there are very few things in, in the world of golf, guys, that are more exciting than the old team player. Now, how did they do it as far as – because when they did it with us, they just counted all five scores for one hole, and you went off in twosomes. They like did the, – um, I think they did uh, They did uh, just top four, and then the, the worst score was thrown out. They so did throw like, it out? Uh, yeah. The I guess it would be like the old Maxwell format. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, but anyways, yeah, these guys, uh, they finished second. at uh, The Swazu guys finished second. Uh, but they did have three golfers in the top eight at the GAC. So uh, shout out to uh, Swasu. Um, other news, we had uh, Lane Wallace, who used to go to OU. He's at ORU now. He finished third in the Missouri Tiger Intercollegiate. That's a good tournament uh, up there in Missouri. Uh, the Southwestern Christian uh, guys, prevail again after Gale Force wins cancel the second round. Uh, imagine being out there uh, in those Gale Force wins. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure where this tournament was. Tyler, but. didn't you have a tournament canceled at one point because of Gale Force wins when you were in college? Yeah, that was actually at uh, that was at the TBC San Antonio. Was uh, it wasn't the Oaks Force? It was the Canyon Force. And I, I was tied for the lead after the first round for 75. So and I, it's still oh my God. the top five rounds. Guess what this tournament played. was? So it, it definitely is a thing to have a round camp. Guys, this tournament was at Sand Creek Station. Imagine oh. playing Gale Force wins at Sand Creek Station. I mean, it's always windy out there, but I guess the ball wasn't staying still on the green. Uh, but shout out to uh, head coach Darren Reed there uh, from Southwestern uh, Christian. Uh, that about wraps it up. Uh, we had Olivia Schmidt leading the Arkansas State, uh, leading Arkansas State to victory uh, in the ORU Invitational. Um, and Cheney, OCU topped the field in the Maxwell Burning Classic. Uh, Camus, Maddie Camus, uh, fires a 68 in the final round. So that's kind of your uh, Oklahoma uh, small college golf wrap-up. Fantastic stuff. GolfOklahoma.org. Our great partners at Golf Oklahoma. GolfOklahoma.org. Check them out. Show them some love as they do a great job covering everything happening here in the state in the game of golf. Gentlemen, the RBC Heritage this week. Pretty good field for a Masters hangover field. We mentioned it. Cantlay, JT, Morikawa, uh, Cam, Berger, bunch of guys in this field. Matty Fitz, Shane Lowry, Corey Connors, bunch of guys. Good field. Uh, Taylor, do you have strength to field ready for Sam and I to venture some guesses? I do. And I was pretty shocked. Pretty pretty high strength to field this week, guys. So whichever one of y'all wants to go first, fire away. Sam, strength to field, you can go first. Ooh, I'll, give me I'll bounce off your guess. 480. 480. I think you're about 11 too high. I'm going to go 469, <laughs> which is nice. kind of a $1 Bob situation. So, T-Dub, what we got? <laughs> Man, I, I think you guys are starting to cheat on this, or either that or y'all just getting good. 464. Hey! Oh. If you'd have gone lower, really, gone really close. The 469 almost nailed it. Just for comparison's sake, you know, the uh, the Farmers Insurance Corey Pines Open was, uh, or, or Farmers Insurance Open, it was 480, <laughs> and the, the Masters last week was 785. So just a little comparison there for the 460. Strength of field, really, really solid comparatively for being the week after the Masters. Hey, I got a trivia question for you guys before we get into DraftKings. Okay. Can you guys tell me how many players have finished in the top five of each of the four majors in just nine starts? Oh, man. In just oh. nine starts? Yes. I mean, I'm assuming Scotty's one of them if you're asking the question. He is not. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so, Sam, is the question, so is it is it that who's finished top five in four majors in the four majors in the first nine starts, or have they only like had to have nine appearances? So like, like Tiger would be an easy option for me, but if but he's obviously no, played more than nine. Just nine starts. Okay, so I'm gonna go Morikawa. They're first, yeah, it's Morikawa. Morikawa. That's it. That's it. That's the list. That's it. Not no player in the history of golf other than Colin Morikawa has finished in the top five of all. Each of the four majors in their first nine starts. In their first nine starts. That's insane. That's insane. And honestly, that is it makes sense, though. It does. I mean, the dude's a ringer. He hasn't won in a handful of months. He's still the reigning open champion. Uh, so, yeah, Colin Morikawa. And he's still not the favorite stat. at the RBC. He's not. JT, right? <laughs> uh, can't lay on data golf. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Betting. I think uh, betting, JT's betting favorite. Are you talking about betting yep. favorite? Yeah, I think okay, JT's yeah. betting favorite. So, uh, let's dive into DraftKings here. I will get us started with my cheapest option. This is a little bit sentimental, but also I like a guy coming in in a good headspace. 
Maybe Morgan Hoffman makes the cut and makes a little bit of noise, and he gives me so much freedom in my lineup because of the disrespect from DraftKings at 6,000 all the way at the bottom of the board. You just never know. I don't know. I'm just taking a flyer on him. Uh, Freed me up to throw some big names in at the top. So give me Morgan Hoffman at 6K. Sam, who you got? I'm going with the little guys this week. Uh, So I'm going to start it off with... Chucky Three Sticks at 7,100. Charles Howe third. I mean, one top 10 on the year, 7 out of 10 made cuts. Seems like a guy that would like the RBC. T-Dub? I've got a very middle-loaded lineup this week, guys. My cheapest guy is going to be 7,800. And that is the, the old man himself, Max Easter. Almost 44 years old, guys. Finished second at the Valero a couple weeks ago. Finished 16th at the Valspar before that. And, guys, you know, if you want to try to find a miscut for Matt Kuster at, at Harbor Town, you're going to be looking a long time. One back here in 2014, finished second in 2019. Guy just absolutely loves Harbor Town. And so I, for him to be my cheapest option is a real thrill. Then I'm going all the way up from 7,800. Then go to 7,900, and that's the man Maverick McNeil. I think he's playing some of the best golf really in the world right now when you think about it. Finished 35th down at, uh, down at the Valero Texas Open. Hasn't missed cut going all the way back to the Shriners back in October and his two for two on cuts at Harbor Town with a fourth place finish last year, guys. So really love what I'm seeing from Maverick McNeely. So go ahead, Sam. Uh, yeah, Maverick McNeely, I kind of like that pick. Uh, he has a 68.4% chance to make the cut this week. Um, Data Golf actually likes him compared. Uh, they, they think he has some value on DraftKings, but I'm not going to go uh, with McNeely this week. I'm going to go up to 7,600 Adam Hadwin. Now, Adam Hadwin has been playing some really solid golf, um, and he's had four top 10s, 11 of 14 made cuts so far on the year. The Canadian, uh, it, you know, he kind of has some value on DraftKings. I, I think that, you know, the 67.4% chance to make the cut, I'll take that at 7,600, Colby. Yeah, I like that. So going up again, my lineup is uh, I've kind of got the anti-Taylor lineup going this week. He's middle loaded. I'm top and bottom. I've got two guys at 6,800 for my next two picks. One of these guys, I feel like, it's just flying a little bit under the radar, but he's had some really good performances this year. That's Bo Hostler. Bo Hostler this year, you look back to Pebble Beach, he finishes third. Top 20 at the Honda. Top 20 at the Arnold Palmer. Top five at Valero a couple of weeks ago. Bo Hostler's playing some sneaky good golf, uh, and I think he could replicate some of that this week at Harbor Town. So I'm going to go Bo Hostler at 6,800. And then another guy, I'm going to go Joel Damon. Joel Damon has played some good, not great golf. Top 10 at the Pebble. Uh, top 35 at the Players. Top 40 at the Valspar. So I'm hoping Joel Damon finds some form. Guy who won on the PGA Tour in an opposite field event last year and I mean really one of the likable guys on the PGA Tour great Twitter follow all that good stuff so 6800 Bo Hostler and Joel Damon my next two Sam who you got let me jump up to 8100 and give you guys the winner of the golf tournament I'm going Kevin Kisner three top tens and lately he's been on a sort of a heater I mean he didn't play the his best at the at the Masters but that course doesn't fit him at all uh but he finished second at the match play finished 33rd at the valspar and fourth at the players championship and previously at the rbc he's gone miscut miscut in 21 and 20 um but he had a seventh and 11th a second uh in his past at the rbc so i think he's due to definitely make a cut this week uh and i think his game is trending in the right direction i'm gonna pick him uh, this week to win the golf tournament at 8,100. Now I, I thought about I thought about Kisner as well. I saw the two missed cuts here last couple of years. That that's what scared me away. And you know the reason I, before I get on my next pick, the reason I'm not going very top heavy is because not near as much as the week before the Masters. The week after the Masters, I, I don't trust any of these big dogs. I don't know how much effort they put out and all that stuff. So I, I'm very well one of them could end up winning the tournament with how talented they are. But that's why I go with this middle loaded some guys that may want to win a little bit more. So, 8,200 guys, someone who's sneakily playing some really, really good golf. I start with Jesus, Tommy Fleet. You know, with the mm-hmm. exception of the match play, which he didn't get to, he has four straight top 22. I mean, he, and these are in good terms, too. Obviously, the uh, Masters finished 14th last week as well, was never really in contention, so not really worried about that. Didn't miss a cut here last year. I am worried about that in a sense, but did finish 25th, his only other appearance. So, I, I'm going to ride the, the good golf train that Tommy Fleet was on. Then, Going all the way up from 8,200 to 8,300, that's Oklahoma State's own Alex North. I mean, you talk about playing some good golf now. I mean, he uh, 
finished 12th at the Bowser Park, 26th at the Players. Almost made it through through the match play, ended up not doing it. Fifth and sixth at the Honda and Phoenix, uh, respectively. And guys, in his three appearances here, has all three finishes inside the top 28. So Alex Norton on a course that he likes and playing some of the best golf of his career. Really, really love that play for the low, low 8,000. All right, well, then I'm going to jump up to 8,700. Give me Billy Horschel. He hasn't missed a cut yet this year. I mean, he did withdraw at the Players' Championship, but finished ninth at the match place, second at Arnie's place, and sixth at the Waste Management. Um, And previously here at the RBC, uh, he's had a fifth and a ninth in his past. Last year, he finished 25th. Uh, Give me Billy Horschel at 8,700, Colby. Billy Hall, I like that one. He's been playing some pretty good golf. All right, so I said I was going top and bottom, so I'm jumping up from 6,800 to 9,500 with a guy that I think... I think you have the same guy that I do. You think? So I I think he's kind of been trending. Like I feel like at some point, he's going to hoist a trophy. He has to. And actually, this week wouldn't be a trophy. This week would be a hideous, hideous red (laughs) checker jacket. A hangover jacket. A a master's hangover (laughs) jacket is what you get if you win the RBC Heritage. Matt Fitzpatrick, 9,500. He's been playing good golf, man. Remember, he had a chance, five or six playoff holes, to knock Scotty Scheffler out of the match play. And he had some looks at it and just couldn't quite get it done. And that kind of helped, you know, launch Scotty Scheffler's run with the win at the match play down in Austin. But Matty Fitz has been playing some good golf. So I'm going to run him out at 9,500. Then I'm just going to jump up one spot to Daniel Berger. Daniel Berger. I'm going to run him out 9,600, still playing good golf, fourth at the Honda, 13th at the Players, uh, 50th at the Masters, rounds of 77 and 80 on the weekend. Don't really care about that. Doesn't bother me. Very different golf course, very different uh, situation, and I think he could contend to win this tournament as well. So Fitzpatrick and Berger, my next two picks at 95 and 9,600. Sam, who you got? I got a guy that hasn't missed a cut since last year's British Open. I did not realize this cut streak was going on, but Russell Henley wow. has not missed a cut on the PGA Tour since last year's British Open. Um, and previously at the RBC, uh, he finished ninth last year. He has a 26th, the 23rd, a 6th. Now he has four missed cuts in his history at the RBC as well. So I think the current form is going to leave me an you know, knowing now that I'm picking him, you know, he has 12 of 12 made cuts on this on this season, t- two top 10s at 9,000, you know, he'll probably miss the cut. <laughs> but I'm going to yeah. pick him. Well, Russell well, Henley is also the best iron player on the tour. Right? So, I yep. mean, you got that going for you as well. He's going to need to be able to hit some iron around Harbortown. So, but, but, Sam, you already stole one of my other picks, my, my second most defensive guy this week, 8,700, Billy Orchard. Yep. I mean, like you mentioned, the only time that he hasn't, uh, made a check was when he withdrew from the Players' Championship when I picked him. Thank you very much, freaking asshole. But nevertheless, <laughs> you know, finished a seven of nine cuts here uh, since he's played at the RBC Heritage. So really like Billy Horst on the form that he's on. So and then guy who I think is going to finish top five this week. I, my winner of the tournament, I'll, I'll name my one and done. But and for a chief or uh, for finished chief five here in twenty twenty or twenty twenty, not twenty twenty one. And got to play with the GOAT last week. I think that motivated him a lot. Young man, 23 years old. Joaquin Neiman, 9,100. He's got a perfect game for Harbor County. Got the low ball flight and keep it below the tree and work it around some of the dog legs. So, really like Joaquin Neiman this week. I, I would bet on him for a uh, – you probably get some good value in the top 10. All right. Well, I'm going to jump up to 9,500 and take Colby's guy, Matt Fitzpatrick. You know, a 14th at the Masters, 18th, 5th. Ninth at the Arnold Palmer, you know, tenth at the Waste Management, sixth, like you said, at Pebble Beach. Matthew Fitzpatrick is gaining a half a shot or better in every single category. Strokes gain, putting around the green approach off the tee. Total, he's gaining one and a half shots on the field per round. I think that Matt Fitzpatrick, considering the fact that he finished fourth here last year, is a surefire bet this week. Uh, I was just going Kisner because I didn't want to use up Fitzpatrick yet. Yeah, I love me some Matty Fitz, and I love me some Justin Thomas. Again, I, I got three guys in the 6,000, one of them uh, all the way down at 6,000 with Morgan Hoffman. Allowed me plenty of room to take Justin Thomas, the betting favorite, to win the tournament. Now, you know, he comes out last week, said he wasn't focused, wasn't totally ready to go for his Thursday round at Augusta. Didn't play very well in the good conditions on Sunday. I don't know. I think the whole circus with Tiger and the practice rounds and him being Tiger's best friend and everybody being jealous of him, I think it was all just kind of a little bit of a distraction for Jay. T and it led to him not having his best week and not his best week was T9 at Augusta so I think I, he just didn't putt very well in the first three rounds he's just 
he's been knocking on the door to win a golf tournament. Yep. He's just been right there. So I, I like his chances this week. Uh, obviously not running him out in the one and done since I did that a week ago, but I'll go ahead and use him up in DraftKings. So uh, is that – I lose track. Did we, did we all yeah, get out of all six? Okay. <laughs> one and done. I'm, yeah. I'm going with a guy. Uh, I already told you guys. He's trending. He's trending. Eventually, he's going to win a golf tournament, and I hope it's this week because I'm running Matty Fitz out in the one and done. I think this is a perfect spot for him. Medium strength of field, a place where he's played uh, fairly well. He finished 14th at the Masters, barely missing beating Scotty Scheffler at the match play, 5th at the Valspar, 9th at Arnold Palmer, 10th in Phoenix, 6th at Pebble Beach. He's got to win eventually three top 15s, including a 4th place finish in the last four years here at the RBC Heritage. Matty Fitz, one and done. I already said I'm going Kevin Kisner, and you got to pick Kevin Kisner at a place you know that he is able to win. He talks about it, that there's certain places that he can't win. I think that RBC um, is one of those places that he can win, T-Dub. Uh, so I'm going Kevin Kisner this week. I don't want to use up Matty Fitz. I might pick him somewhere else. And Colby, while T-Dub is giving his pick, go ahead and look up our standings after the Masters. Okay, for let's the do one it. And done. T-Dub, fire away. Y'all guys got to have the Matty Fitz now. I mean, gosh dang. I mean, Daddy Golf has him as the fourth favorite this week. Ahead of guys like Colin Morikawa, Shane Lowry, Daniel Berger, DJ, Joaquin Neiman. Just some guys that, that the analytics like more than uh, – or that uh, that they like Matty Fitz more than those guys. So, actually, actually love Matty Fitz. Three of his last four times here, guys, he's finished inside the top 14. Um, the only other time he still made the cut, finished 39th. And, you know, looking at analytics, guys, he's probably playing the best golf of his career again it's only one event the last time he ever uh times he's lost stroke uh putting gaining strokes chipping all around and approaching every single event so absolutely love Matty Fitz this week I like him I, I almost picked Neiman because I think Neiman's gonna play really well but I, I just love Matty Fitz even with you guys jumping on jumping on the train I don't care I think he's gonna have a hell of a no one threw out Stewart Sink <laughs> nobody thinks Kitchen's gonna defend I don't like Kitchen's chances to defend why do they call him Kitchen Kitchen Sink Oh my god! I'm right, dumb. super oh lame, right? Super lame. Also, kind of awesome if we're being I, honest, dude. I thought that it was because he used to be like fat and he was just a kitchen. That's brilliant. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, season dude, standings. That is so bad. Why am I so dumb? Season standings in the one and done. Taylor, last week was a big week for you as you jumped up from 102 to 97 in the season long standings. So. Uh, what? I mean, don't call it a comeback. Uh, Sam. Oh, dude, I'm, dude, I am coming back. Y'all watch out. But then the, by the time the PJ team shifts over, guys, y'all won't have to scroll down very far to find it. Fair enough. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see if you get on that heater you've been talking about for the past couple of months. Uh, Sam, you jumped up from 58 to... A couple to, of years. <laughs> from 58 to 55 with your performance okay. last week. And I jumped up from 89 to 52 Ooh. with the... Uh, Nearly 2.1 million you that Rory me. and JT netted me. Yeah, Rory's 1.6. Rory, <laughs> Rory making that bunker shot, yes. bro. Rory backdoored me a whole bunch <laughs> of money last week. God. So shout out Rory McElroy. Uh, best bets this week. Uh, Sam, what did you say? Do you have the data golf? I do have the you data golf. You said you golf. had that pulled up, right? Who does data golf like? You said Cantlay? Cantlay, Thomas, Smith, Fitzpatrick, Lowry, Morikawa, Connors, Henley, M. Berger, Horschel, Cantlay's, Dustin Johnson. Cantlay's kind of coming in under the radar. No one picked Dustin Johnson either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cantlay, I feel like, has just kind of been hovering for a while. I don't know why. He just it doesn't seem like he's been at the, the top top of a lot of leaderboards lately. Well, I, I'll tell you this, that Cantlay is not hitting the ball near as good as he was, you know, the past five years. You know, it, and let's go through this. So in 2021, he averaged, you know, over a shot or over half a shot strokes gain approach. Same thing in 2020. 2019, he gained point. 8-1 strokes gained approach. 2018, or 2019, he gained 0.81. 2018, he gained 0.73. 2017, he gained 0.64. This year, he's only gaining 0.17. So that's almost a full half shot worse strokes gained approach so far this year. That might be why we haven't seen him contending, but he's still gaining 1.66 shots per round on the field. He's just not quite dominating like he has uh, especially coming into the greens, T-Dub. Well, and, you know, looking at Cantlay as well, you know, he missed the cut here last year, but uh, three other appearances finished third, seventh, and third. So, I mean, he yep. definitely likes, likes him some Harbor Town. So, I, I, I'm still not picking him, though. It's, I just I don't like what I've seen the last uh, three or four events. But just, I mean, everything you just said, Sam, is spot on. His iron play 
has just been so erratic, and that's something that that carried him to the 15 mil down in East Lake. So yeah, I am. I'm going to stay off the Cantlay train, and I, you know, I don't think I don't see him even contending at Southern Hills, or even maybe maybe by the time the U.S. Open rolls around, he'll Although, get his game back. But I, I'm just going to have to see a lot more from Cantlay before I start picking. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is as long as I see some good form a few weeks in a row from Cantlay, he's back to me, right? You know, I, I think that we kind of saw how he can get on a heater when he won the FedEx Cup last year. Um, but I'm not going to waste him this week at the RBC in the one and done when I think that there's a chance he'll start playing some really good golf by the end of the season, right? Yeah, Colby? exactly. You want to catch him on a heater. That's yeah. what I'm waiting for for DJ too. I'm waiting on a heater, and then you catch him whenever they're DJ's rolling. DJ's just got to putt better. He keeps yeah. losing shots on the yeah. greens. Maybe he should just switch putters for a few weeks and well, he, uh, I mean, he switched. Average. He switched plenty of putters. I know. He just needs to go through about six of them in six weeks. I think he needs to stay with one and learn how to use it. No, but but this is the pattern for DJ. He switches, 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 switches. Goes back to the spider, wins. So we just need like two to three months of consistent putter well, switching from DJ. Spi- wasn't he using the spider? Yeah, but I don't think there was enough switching leading up to it. Okay. We need more switching pre-spider for DJ. <laughs> okay. So uh, good stuff. I think we got everything covered. Some breaking news. Again, the Chikara news, huge for Oklahoma State. Huge for this uh, show. It actually gave some excitement. Yeah, it did. For the, for the Masters <laughs> hanger. For the Masters, Masters hanger. hangover. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Wow, what a day. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We are back next week. Uh, Sports Animal, Sunday morning, 10 to 11, 98.1. If you are in the state of Oklahoma, if not, you can stream online. Percentage Uh, chance. uh, 50.1. Oh. 50.1. We're going to see how Prairie Dunes goes. Okay. Prairie Dunes Friday and Saturday. Let's talk about Prairie real quick. I I might not come back from a bachelor party at Prairie Dunes (laughs) in very good shape. Who's getting married? Uh, my buddy Matt, my, my my best friend from college. Boy, I'm having a hard time speaking today. Uh, my best friend from college is getting married here in a few weeks. Uh, so we're running up to Prairie Dunes. We're playing Friday afternoon. Weather's supposed to be perfect. High of 69. Nice, sunny. 10 to 15 winds. Going to be awesome. Saturday morning, it's going to be a little chilly. It might be in the upper 40s with a 20-mile-an-hour north wind when we get out there at 10 o'clock Saturday morning. But we're going to let it rip. I haven't, you- I haven't played golf in about two months. Where are you guys staying at? The nice Motel 6 over there in BFE? <laughs> I've got a buddy who's got a house up there. The member at Prairie who's getting us on. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, staying, we're crashing at his house. So. Gotcha. And he said there's a nice little dive bar within walking distance. So, nice. again, Saturday morning could be rough. The drive back Saturday <laughs> evening could be rough. So, uh, we'll see how we handle Prairie Dunes this week. That'll be a good time. Now, tell us, are you going to play any any uh, gambling games with your buddies? Are they? Are they? What? How's their golf game? So, Two of the guys are probably about 15 handicaps. Yeah. Uh, one guy is along for the ride. He's not really a golfer, but he's playing. Okay. He's going to tee it up and let it rip. Uh, <laughs> he said he's hit some balls at Top Golf to, okay. to prep himself. So he's not a golfer. I just thought about it. I, I probably need to text him like dress code, things of that nature, <laughs> to make sure that he doesn't show up wearing like cargo shorts yeah. or denim or something Saturday morning. So uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see if. I can pair up with the guy who's never played before and play against the two 15s for two-man best ball or there something. There we go. There we so, go. We'll that, figure What I did out. on my bachelor party, we had a guy like that. Uh, I won't say his name, Justin Cates, uh, <laughs> who we just had the bet of uh, over-under on how many balls you lose. Oh, at Prairie, we, that could we, get excessive. And we had, we, that was a golf club of Oklahoma, and we set it at 14, and he lost nine. Really? So, yeah, he Only played lost great. nine. Okay. Played See, great. Five now, under. <laughs> I, I think that this guy's plan is to tee off and then go to wherever the best tee shot is and hit an approach from there. That way he's not like, like spending all day shooting 180 at Prairie Dunes. Yeah. Because Prairie Dunes is not going to be super friendly to a first-timer. Yeah, it's it's a good place to pull out the Nike, uh, the Nitros. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pull out the Nitros and let it rip. So, uh, all right, thanks everybody for listening. We'll recap Prairie Dunes next week, RBC Heritage, as we continue to roll through the season. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. And while I'm at it, don't forget to go see our good friends at Ring Family Dentistry. They go out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible. They let you make the decisions. They explain their opinions, give you all the information. You decide what you get done. It is your care personalized for your needs. Ring Family Dentistry. Check them out here in Oklahoma City. Thanks, everybody, for listening once again to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.